0: Welcome to Families for Life, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're continuing our marriage series, Part Six Marriage and Parenting. Welcome back, Pastor Alan. Ryan, it's great to be here. How are you doing? Doing well. Welcome back to all of our listeners. Glad you're joining us today and hope this series has been super helpful. I know that I've enjoyed having some of these discussions and going through all the, you know, biblical, but then also very practical. That's what we wanted it to be. So
1: yeah, hopefully it's helpful. Hopefully people are benefiting from it and um, finding God, helping them in their marriage and in all the topics that we consider Mm
0: -hmm. yeah well we want to remind everybody to subscribe to the podcast give us a review when you review us you help other people to find the podcast you can also share with your friends if there's something that an episode you really like share that and then email us your feedback we'd love to hear from any listeners more questions comments future show ideas at our website that is in the or our email that's in the show notes well, as we look at this topic today, we're talking about marriage and parenting. Mm-hmm. So tell us what how long were you you and Paula married before you had children?
1: Yeah, it was about um, four years and um, those were really good years. We enjoyed <laughs> that. Uh, it seems like a lifetime ago now, but you know your double income, no kids. Yeah. We're just both working and living life. And How did it change after you have kids? Oh, well, let's just say it changed. Uh, It changes by, you know, in really good ways, but it changes in ways because you have to die to yourself even more, Mm. Um, and just practically, you have to make different choices. I Mm -hmm. think for myself, I remember I would play in maybe three softball leagues a week, and was very active in that but when you start to have kids you kind of have to reprioritize and understand you just can't you just can't carry on like you don't have a, a child now and some things just have to change mm-hmm. and uh, but there were good changes but there is adjustments so what about you guys yeah we had about
0: five years or so before we had uh kids and yeah same thing you know you it was it's interesting when you don't have uh children you're kind of on your own schedule you know we would like hey, it's, it's 10 o'clock, let's go see a movie, you know, right, or, right. you know, we just, you didn't really think about that, or, you know, we... we uh, you did what you wanted to do. Yeah, you did what you wanted to do. Right. And then when you have a kid, you're on a schedule, you got to, you're not tied down. I mean, you need to be able to have a flexible schedule, but there is a schedule. The kids got to eat, the kids got to take naps, you know, all that kind of right. stuff. So, yeah, yeah it's different. Well, today, we're going to talk about marriage and parenting, and we've talked a lot about parenting in the past on previous episodes. This conversation, I want to be a little different. I think today we're going to discuss how parents can maintain a strong Christian marriage while raising children, okay? So what are some challenges to marriage that parents that parenting causes?
1: Yeah, well, I think um, in premarital counseling, I always want to talk about um, the understandings of the two getting married of of how it is that you raise children, kind of their philosophy of raising children, their parenting style, those kind of things. Because one thing is certain, when you're raising children, you both need to be on the same page. Mm. Whatever that page is, you need to be on the same page. That's true. And uh, be consistent in your parenting, because if you're not on the same page um, or you're not consistent, your kids, uh, being that they were born with a a sin nature, Mm -hmm. uh, they will very quickly figure out how to play Right. Two parents against one another, uh, in ways to try to get their, their own way or will or whatever. And so you've really gotta make sure you are on the same page when it comes to how you raise children. And yeah. so that that's a big challenge. Yeah, that's sometimes. good to bring up in marriage counseling
0: because you have these two people that are kinda have these own their own ideas of how they were brought up, but they never talk about it unless they're forced to kind of talk about it. And you don't realize you have a problem till you start having children and they're like, oh, you parent this way. Oh, you parent this way. You know, and it, it becomes a major issue.
1: Right. It helps you kind of think through and know, uh, at least in theme, how you're going to deal with problems right. with your kids.
0: Yeah. What about uh, one of the challenges I've seen is the lack of time to invest in your marriage.
1: You know? Yeah, that's a big time thing. Time gets eaten yeah, up. Yeah, and we'll probably talk about this theme a little bit as, as through we as we talk today, but you've got to prioritize your marriage even after you have children and maybe and most, especially because you have children. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have to prioritize mm-hmm. if that means schedule time on a calendar, whatever that looks like. right? Uh, but to make sure that you, you are still investing in one another, even as you have a child, because yeah. that child cannot become the be all end all. Right. Uh, your, your um, focus cannot be on the child. I mean, of course, It's keeping the focus of God first, your spouse, and then your children.
0: Yeah. Well, there can be lots of stress from trying to juggle work and home and kids and school and sports and extracurricular and hobbies that you might have. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. And so, you know, if you don't take the time or you don't make the time or prioritize the time, then it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. You've just got to be, I think you've got to maybe even systematize it if you have to, Mm -hmm. like just make sure that you are scheduling that time to continue to invest in one another because life gets busy and uh, you get a child, it comes with responsibilities and then you get another child and it only increases.
0: What happens if couples get too invested in their children and neglect their relationship with their spouse?
1: Well, that's um, it's going to lead to some bad fruit in the relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there was a, uh, the divorce rate among couples, my age, 55 to 64 uh, has more than doubled since 1991 one, mm. one uh, study says in fact relational counselor julia hogan has observed one issue time and time again and that's that couples will try to pour all their energy into raising their children while neglecting each other in the process and that just doesn't work mm. and because of that it has fed into a higher divorce rate uh, among people who you know, I'm 56, 55 to 64. I mean, that that's the time when you, you don't need to be thinking about divorce. I mean, you, this is a time when you should be able to walk into that next season of your marriage and yeah. have found that life partner to do life with. Yeah. But if if you lose one another along the way and you lose yourself and your children, you're going to find out when your kids move out that you're married to a stranger. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's a bad thing.
0: Yeah. That was a a quote from marriage dynamics.com. I'll, I'll post that in the, in the show notes. But you know, as we think about this, there is hope for couples that are struggling. I do think that if you are sitting there and you're like, you know, whatever stage you're in, whether you have, you're a new parent or you, you have a few kids running around elementary age teenagers or maybe your empty nest You're a grandparent whatever stage you're in there is hope for your relationship but there's some specific things that you need to do it can't just you can't just say oh my marriage is in trouble my marriage is in peril and not do anything about it that's like going down the road and uh, you're ignoring a really loud sound that your car's
1: making (laughs) <laughs> and you, yeah. don't, you don't deal with it, you right. know, that's going to have, eventually you're going to break down. That's exactly right. And you're going to get a bill that you don't want to pay. Right. And that's the first thing is recognize the problem. Right. And yeah, that's hard sometimes mm-hmm. because we don't want to admit that there is a problem sometimes, but because I think, and I've talked about this before, because even Christians are happy with, the fact that they have not got divorced, that they're enduring the relationship, they're still together, but they've not been fulfilled in the relationship. That's a problem because if they find their fulfillment in their children, those kids go away. Mm -hmm. And as they go away, um, like I said a minute ago, you're going to find your marriage to a stranger, and that's not going yeah. to that's not going to work very well. Yeah,
0: I found this uh, quote from Focus on the Family. It says, according to an analysis of 90 studies involving 31,000 married people, the drop in marital satisfaction after the first baby is a staggering 42 percent larger among the current generation of parents than their predecessors. Satisfaction dips even lower, though only slightly, with each successive child. Studies also suggest that one third to one half of new parents couples experience as much marital distress as couples already in therapy for marital difficulties.
1: Well, wow, I mean, that's a mouthful. I mean, uh, that, that is something that should get our attention. And and I think some of that has to do with expectations too, mm-hmm. right? With the, your fulfillment or your satisfaction. Uh, you know, sometimes we get in our mind what we think it'll be like to, right. to be married, what it'll be like to be a parent. Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get a white, I call it a white picket fence mentality. Mm-hmm. Like we think, Uh, we have a perfect understanding of view of what we think our marriage will be. And then when it's not perfect, then that, Mm causes us to be unsatisfied. Yeah, we kind of
0: romanticize all of the good things, and we don't ever think about
1: the real-life things. That's exactly right. So you get married, so we think, I'm going to get a house Mm -hmm. with a white picket fence, one dog, I'm going to get 2.5 kids, and it's just going to be great. And then real life happens, and it slaps you in the face, and you receive this child, and you thought it was going to be one thing, and your relationship with your husband or wife was going to be one thing, and it's something different. But that's when we've got to, especially as Christians, continue to press into our faith and to the truth of God's word to help us overcome what we thought things would be or what we see as our satisfaction and find really our strength and our hope and our satisfaction in the Lord in the middle of
0: it. Yeah. Well, how do you know if you have a problem? I've put some questions here that people can kind of self-obsess. I think the first one is, do you never seem to uh, be able to spend time with your spouse? Either you don't make time or you don't want to make time, whatever the reason is, or, or your time is being eaten up by children's activities, but you, ne- are you are you never having extra time to spend with your spouse?
1: Yeah, I think you've got to just look at your life and see what's going on. And if you answer this question and it seems as if you, you, uh, you never have that time for your spouse, we've, we've got to change that because mm-hmm. if you just continue that over the years, yeah. that's what feeds into mm-hmm. being my age and feeling like you're living with a stranger and you you just can't have that you and I I think even if it means hey we're going to have to get our calendars out and we're going to schedule even some time. I know that doesn't sound very romantic but doing that is better than not doing it at all and to make sure that you block out time that Mm. you can spend with your spouse Uh, and I know that can be difficult especially if you live in a city where you don't have a lot of family or whatever but hopefully, like hopefully many who maybe listen to this podcast through our church family, that you'll find good friends that you mm-hmm. trust, that you, that, that you trust with your children being at their house, mm-hmm. or you have family members, but do something to help mm-hmm. other married couples yeah. find that time. Yeah. You know.
0: A couple other self-assessment questions. Have you had a real conversation with your spouse about things other than the daily grind or bills or the kids' next kids' activities? Or what about when was the last time you were intimate with your spouse Do you feel connected emotionally to your spouse? Those are just a few questions you can ask yourself because, to be honest, life happens fast. And sometimes we don't control our time. We allow our time to control us. And before we realize it, we've got a huge problem. You've got to realize that there's a problem. So wherever you are in life, whatever stage, if you recognize there's a problem, you need to get help now.
1: Right. Yeah, you just can't. You can't uh, just try to fake it till you make it. Right. You know, you can't, or just say, you know what? I, I, I just don't want to deal with it mm-hmm. right now. And we keep putting it off. It's going to have a wearing effect. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, sadly, sometimes what happens is couples wait almost. It seems as if too long, because they they wait until they're heading toward a divorce lawyer. And that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, they say
0: before we... They've got an appointment with the divorce lawyer. Before
1: I do that, before we go,
0: we're going to come get marriage counseling to see if we can fix this marriage. Yeah,
1: next (laughs) week I'm going to the divorce lawyer, but I'm going to go talk to the pastor one time before we do that. Listen, I'm begging you. Do not wait. Don't wait that long. Be honest about what's going on and understand that as a married couple, part of your sanctification part of growing in Christ, part of discipleship is at times you're going to need to talk to someone that right. you trust that will rest in the truths of God's word to encourage and help you through those hard times. Mm. And that is nothing more than discipleship and a willingness to do that. Some people don't, don't they say we don't want to admit that we have a problem in our marriage. Listen, if you can just understand that most people have issues in their marriage, then that'll help all of us to be willing to deal with this stuff in our marriage. And it's okay. And it's much better to deal with it early on than to wait until we're just going to give it one shot before we go see the divorce lawyer.
0: Yeah. We're happy to help people in crisis and we do it quite often, but you don't have to wait till you're in crisis. Even if you just notice a, a little problem, maybe you're, you're in your marriage and and you're noticing an issue with communication, go talk to a biblical counselor, go talk to your pastor and get help before it becomes a huge issue.
1: Right. And if you don't want to take the step to go take the step to go talk to your pastor or a biblical counselor, you know what? Hopefully you have other brothers and sisters in Christ, Mm -hmm. maybe that are just a little bit further down the road than you, or as someone that you trust, that's going to give you, here's a key biblical godly Mm -hmm. wisdom to help you. That's what you need. So then number two,
0: uh, after we recognize there's a problem, we need to have a biblical perspective on marriage and parenting. Now this might seem like kind of like a duh moment, but there are so many people that try to tackle issues in life with marriage and parenting apart from the Bible. And if we do not have a biblical perspective, we're just going to be spinning our wheels. We're just going to be you know, having no traction, trying to solve problems in
1: our lives, spiritual problems, real life practical problems with our own wisdom. And it just doesn't work. Right. That's why you've always got to refer back to those scriptures that speak specifically into these relationships, like in Ephesians chapter five. I mean we've talked about that. Yeah. Roles in marriage. But but uh Brian, you were you were considering this and I think it's really good. Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty five says, Husbands, listen to this, love your wives as Christ Loved the church and gave himself up for her, but then if you look in Ephesians chapter five verse twenty-eight, what's it say again? In the same way, husbands should what love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Then if you look in Ephesians five thirty-three, however, let each one of you speaking to, speaking to husbands love his wife as himself. Mm-hmm. So husbands are commanded in Ephesians just in that one little snippet of scripture to love their wives. Mm-hmm. And that's really good. three
0: times he says that. I mean, there's an emphasis there, and and part of it was the the culture that he's going up against in Ephesus with the pagan culture, where yeah. marriage was not exalted, but the Christian version of marriage is one man, one woman in partnership, in oneness together. And so, what he's saying is, men, you, you are to lo- this is your one true love. You are to love your wife, and what this what this means when it comes to parenting is. Don't put your kids before your spouse. Right, exactly. Your wife, it doesn't say, he doesn't say to men, love your children. He says, love
1: your wife. Right. And and that's and that's really from the position of a husband in marriage. The quality of that love is is explained to us. You love your wife as Christ loved the church. So that explains to us the quality of love that needs to be given to our to our spouse.
0: Now that doesn't mean that we don't love our children.
1: Of course not. Of course not.
0: But it needs to be emphasized. For the husband to love his wife.
1: Yes. And and if you then if you look from the other perspective, uh, you were looking at Titus chapter two, verse three, and it says, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. And it says they are to teach what is good. Verse four says, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. Mm -hmm. And that's Titus two, three. So women are, are commanded to love both husbands and children, but notice that the husbands come first, mm-hmm. even in the text before the children. Right. And so there's this emphasis of love both ways, but there's also a reminder, especially speaking to the women, of to love your husbands and your children. And I do think there is something to that order. Yeah, I do, but I, I think so too. I mean, there's so many verses we can go to that
0: look at teaching us how to raise our children, how to train them, how to encourage them. But there is a, there's something to be said here because... We are commanded to love our spouse. And I think one of the things that people miss, if you are doing a good job at loving your spouse, investing in your marriage, you will be a better parent. You will, you will in fact, be, be loving your children in a really unique way that, that most people miss out on. They think loving their children is giving them what they want or showering them with, with gifts or going to every sporting event or doing all the things that my child wants to do. That's not love,
1: right? I mean, love want... is
0: living out these biblical these biblical principles in your in your life in right. your marriage,
1: right? Training up your your children in the ways of the Lord, really, foundationally, needs to be built upon this constant, ongoing uh, picture that they see in the home of a husband of their dad loving their mom mm-hmm. as Christ loved the church, and for the for the mom as well loving her husband. And, but loving her but loving children as well so you show, so you, they see the foundation of love there and so you're going to be a better father you're gonna be a better mother as the foundation of love is in the home right so
0: yeah what a great testimony if uh, I know like your parents experienced this there were other couples that I know of where the testimony is of the kids when when the when one of the parents passes away he loved his wife yeah. he, that, that, there was no question in there an undying love for for 50, 60, 70 years. He loved his wife. Yeah, and the kids knew that because it was a testimony of faith. There was no question in their mind, and that even endeared them even greater to their parents because they saw that lived out practically.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you just can think, and it's it's very good for for children to be able to look back over the course of their life, and can very clearly understand by the things they saw, maybe by what they heard, but it was apparent that their father. Desperately love their mother. Yeah. And uh, that can happen to guys who even don't talk a lot. Right. Because uh, my dad was not one to express it with words a lot. Uh, but he would do it sometimes in, in like just in his quirky sense of humor he had. But he would show by his actions mm-hmm. his love as well. Mm-hmm. And so through our words and our actions, our wives as should feel that love from their husbands. And it communicates to the children when children see right. that. Yeah. Well, that leads us to our last, uh, point here in this, in this part is prioritize
0: your marriage. So a strong marriage will result in better parenting. I totally 100% agree with that. I think that if, if we prioritize our marriage, focus on our spouse,
1: we will be better parents, right. we'll be more united. Yeah. It'll encourage a, it will a be, partnership, right? You know, because uh, raising kids is tough and, Two, two are better than one.
0: Sometimes <laughs> it feels like it feels like you're at war sometimes and you get to have that battle partner. That's there to, to raise these children, raise these hooligans with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Listen, kids can
1: wear you down, man. And so if you can have a partner that can walk with you in it and, you, and so that's why it's so important to be on the same page. It's like a tag team, it's right? Th- yeah. You're when one, teaming. when
0: one's about to get pinned, you
1: tag, all right, tag me in. I'm going in. <laughs> that's right. And you got to come in there and you've got to hold your ground and it, it just really helps yep. because what what are, what are those things that wear you out? Well, life can wear you out. Yeah. Responsibilities at work, uh, the ongoing stress of family life—all these things have a wearing effect on you. Yeah. And the greatest thing that we can do as parents is to be on the same page. That we can be um, we can be consistent. And sometimes in being consistent, you need that other one to say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna make. The, I know this is what we need to do, and I'm gonna be the one to help say this is what we're doing." Yeah. And so all that all that really happens best if your marriage is strong and you guys can work together yeah well i think it's difficult sometimes for
0: couples to do this it's it's hard to prioritize and make our our spouse a priority over our children why do you think that is why do you think that people have such a difficulty with this
1: well i i think we buy a lie we buy the lie of culture sometimes and think that the best thing we can do is um provide a lot of monetary things, and we will make choices sometimes to work more too much, whether the husband or the wife. And we give ourselves too much to things that don't matter, and it cuts into the available time that is there for us to invest in our marriages. I think one of the
0: things that that I've run across in counseling and then even in people that I, you know, kind of the circles of people my age that I see is people idolize their children.
1: Mm, yes, yes. You know,
0: they yeah. they they pour everything into their child whether it's the sports or the school or whatever. They idolize their children. They hold them up on a pedestal and everything that they do becomes in service to that
1: child. Yeah. And if you're not careful, I think I've seen couples um you know, like if you're investing in your kids all the time, you can find a couple can find kind of a bitterness grow in between them if they're not exactly clicking and if they're not investing in that marriage. Well, you both can find a satisfaction sometimes in the kid. And so so you you lift your kids up, you're idolizing your kids, and it's kind of like that's the thing that will at least bring you all together in the moment. But under the surface of that, there's there's not a healthy relationship there. Right. And the problem with that is you're not going to be able to idolize that child your whole life. Right. Because they grow up, they get other interests, and they go on, and you are left with your spouse. So you, you just cannot... Find your fulfillment in idolizing your children or living vicariously through your kid, doing, seeing them do things that you didn't get to do. That, right. All that can be very dangerous. Well,
0: we've talked about this. Your, your, your satisfaction in life needs to come from the Lord first. And that's your, your priority needs to be your relationship with the Lord. Then as God has brought you this life partner, your pri- your priorities in that life partner, that spouse that you have, and then, then it's your children. You know, you, you, these children are stewards for a temporary season of your life. Listen, I love my four my four kids. I would I would die for them. I would do anything for them. But they're but I know they're growing, and I'm raising them to one day be sent out into the world. They're going to have. I pray they're going to meet another uh, person. They're going to marry, and they're going to have a awesome life. They're going to raise children. And I have to know that's a reality that's coming. I'm not, I'm not raising them to hold on to them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to raise them up to let them go. Right. And that's normal. And that means you may raise them up and let them go. And they may move down the street and you may be together every weekend or whatever, but it may mean you raise them up and let them go and they move away and they get a job in California or Mm they do whatever. Or Japan. (laughs) Or Japan. And you, you've got to be okay with that because- You can't live your life through your children. You need to live the life that God's given you to live and live it with that spouse he's brought you to so many years back. Right. Yeah,
0: God has created you to do so much in your life. Part of it is raising children, but that's not your whole life. Right. So be committed to your spouse. Be committed to that lifelong partner. Steward your child. Let's talk about some practical ways. This was some things from marriagedynamics.com. I think we have some good commentary on this. Practical ways to make your marriage a priority while raising children. So some of these speak more towards different stages, okay? So we'll kind of key in, and if there's one that's kind of broad, we'll try to talk about it. You know, we're in different stages of life. You've been through every stage. You've gotten all the T-shirts, as you like to say, right? Been there, done there, got the T-shirt. Yep. Uh, but you're in an un, you're in a stage that I haven't been in yet, so you have a unique perspective right. on that and other counseling uh, opportunities you've had. But the first thing that I suggest, and I see this as a big problem, is send your kids to bed. Yeah. You need to have a schedule with your children. They at least need to go to their room and be in their room. If, if it's time to wind down, read a book, if they need to read their devotion or whatever, send them to bed so that... And even if it's early, even if it's like eight o'clock, they may not go to sleep at that time, but put them in their room so that you and your wife can have time to spend together so that you, at the end of the day, you've got a couple hours there before you got to get to bed to get up for the next day. That's been so important for me and my wife. It's like, Hey kids, go to bed. This is our time.
1: Right? Yeah. I think when, and I think sending them to bed in a sense, I think is like it's somewhat talking about have some boundaries Yeah. to where it's not like, like there's there's no margin in your day at all, right? For you to have an adult conversation with your spouse. I mean, now some days are going to be crazier than others. Of course, I know this. These are generalities, right? And so, but there is there is an importance to have time at that end of that day to be able to have some adult conversation with one another right. when you don't have a little junior. Uh, right up underneath your feet the whole time. Right. So I think that's something good. Uh, Another thing they suggest is a daily check-in, which is really like just a few moments each day to talk. Uh, It'll make a world of difference, you know, and uh, don't just talk about the details of life, but, you know, check in with your spouse. Hey, how are you doing? I mean, are you good? Are you all right? Uh, Because sometimes it may be something at work outside the home. It may be something that happened inside the home that if you weren't home, you don't know what happened. You've got to check in and and be able to have a conversation about the reality of what you're walking through. Right. And and
0: not just the details of life, but how you're feeling. Right. How, yeah. how are you feeling today? You know, uh, one person that I knew, they had a job where they could not have their phone in, in their job. Mm-hmm. They would call their wife on their lunch break every day. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so cool because they would have that, that check-in where the kids are at school. They have that moment mm-hmm. where he can call her. Talk to her for thirty minutes or whatever on the phone while he's eating lunch, and I try to do that myself, but it doesn't always work out. But um, I have more flexibility; I can have my phone. In fact, I'm—I right. guess I'm supposed to have my phone so right. people if can get hold of me. If you don't have your phone, you'll get written <laughs> up. So
1: you got to be available. But uh,
0: but I think that daily check-in is a good—you know—prioritize that, put that in there. Another one is be affectionate. We mentioned this uh, already, but listen, don't let your affection just be when it's time to get intimate. Okay you need to and your kids need to see this as well hold your wife's hand hug her kiss her cuddle you know don't, don't just let it don't let affection be something that is just for the bedroom it's you need to remind your spouse and and give a give them a big hug when you come home at the end of the day
1: yeah because really because if you don't if you're not, if you don't not look for those opportunities to be affectionate really when it's time to be intimate it really can feel mechanical yeah just to be honest i mean if you're like it's like well okay well You know, the lights are off, we're in our bedroom, the door's shut, and now it's time to be intimate. Right. And it feels, it can feel robotic. It can feel... Your wife's like, you only touch me when it's time to be intimate. Right, it it can feel hollow. Yeah. And really, so for for intimacy to be all it really needs to be is for us to be more engaged and affectionate even before that. Yeah. And, And not always even looking for being affectionate with an end goal of intimacy. Right. You know, but it's just having a general understanding of, letting that other person know you love them and care for them.
0: Yeah. And then well the next thing is take take time to be intimate. This does this does parents get busy and they get lazy sometimes and you got to make time in the bedroom together. And sometimes I've even heard of couples you got to schedule it sometimes. And right. you know, I know we like it to be spontaneous.
1: Right. And and it's all the heart that we do all that in, right? right? I mean, you can schedule it and go, okay, now it's time for our special time. (laughs) Or, you know, you just know, okay, hey, it's coming, and you can make it in the moment the best you can. It doesn't have to be, you know, right. now's the special time, you know. It's like, but you just got to figure out a way to do that. This is
0: one of the first things that falls off of busy busy parents and and tired parents.
1: And listen, can I just say, this is this is a real big deal. I mean, scripture talks about us not withholding our bodies from one another. And we have to be sensitive to what each one is going through and the stress of the day. And we gotta be super sensitive to all that. But the reality of it is this God has brought you and your wife or you and your husband together. And that is your partner. Mm-hmm. And so in this area in which he's designed us, the only expression of that can come with that other person. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important to be healthy in that in, in that part of your relationship. And it may surprise some, but in counseling, I have come across couples who have went as much as a year and more without being intimate with one another, and that has some uh, some that has some effect to varying degrees on that relationship. Yeah. And it's just it it should not be that way. Yeah. So you got to make the effort. So. Mm-hmm.
0: What's the next one there?
1: Uh, well, it just talks, it really just says, really more practicing, go on dates. Mm. You know, you, you need to go on dates, find those times. And you may be hearing this say, okay, well, how am I going to do all this? Well, you're going to have to be intentional, you know? And so spending that time going on dates doesn't mean you have to go spend a $1,000. Yeah. But find that time where you can get away, whatever it may be. Uh, I mean, well, in, my, these... in my own life, I mean, we've done things like, hey, let's go get a blizzard at Dairy Queen. Right. That was for you, Mike. You're sauce. just
0: you're just sitting down, intentionally looking at. It's not just sitting right. down and plopping down in front of the TV, right? Watching a show, but you're intentionally looking at your spouse from across the booth, asking them how they are. Maybe you take a walk around the block, or right. you you know it can be little it can be little things. But there's times where you intentionally spend together, right? Exactly. It doesn't have to be complicated.
1: Right. You can you can um, you can pray together, right? I mean, yes. Uh, now this is a this is something that'll help bond you together mm. as a couple. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, me and Paula pray together, have prayed together, do pray together. But if I, as I look back on it, probably we didn't do that enough. Mm. Uh, we would pray with our children, mm-hmm. right? We always pray with our children. Yeah. We try to raise them up to understand the importance of it. But there, I, I, I'm many times raising kids in the business of life. I mean, we probably should have done that more mm-hmm. from my perspective anyway. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's something important to do.
0: So the next one is set boundaries with kids. Now this is really important because this, this is one of the biggest things, especially for people my age that are raising, you know, multiple children and you've been through this as well, but you got to learn to say no. Number one, in the material possessions kids can't have everything but also in the activity side of thing they can't do everything right and the kids don't necessarily always feel this the parents feel this and a lot of it is based on expectations that other people have on you oh my kid needs to be in in 37 activities right. and they got to be in the the, the school they got to be on the honor roll they got to do this they got to do that and and it's just
1: it's too much. You can be it's made too much. Yeah. You can be made to feel as if you're a failure as a parent, if you don't expose your child to every sport, to every uh, musical, to, uh, to every academic, to every activity, musics, uh, uh, and all those things are great. But if you say yes to everything and you, uh, you, and you have one child, it's going to be too much. But if you say yes to everything and you have multiple children, well, Johnny got to do three things. Why? And then Bobby says, well, why can't I do it? Or Susie says, well, I want to do four things. And, it, you will be so busy meeting yourself, coming and going, that you will not, your life will be getting your kids from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And there will be no margin left. And that mm-hmm. is a dangerous place to be. And so I do think it's good to set boundaries with saying, you know, you know doing extracurricular activities are very important. I'm not preaching against that. But if you try to do everything, you number one, you'll be tired. But you'll wear your kids out. I mm-hmm. know that from uh, whenever Morgan was playing softball, there was a—I remember there was a girl on the team, great athlete, but her she had a dad that was overbearing, and this girl had to play multiple sports, was going from one sport to another, and she was really good. But guess what? She quit playing sports her senior year. You know why? Because she was over it. Mm-hmm. She was sick of it. Burnout, and she was totally burnout. And that happens. And so I think we've just got to, you know, be wise. What's going on with our kid? You know, if it is athletics, man, what is that? What's maybe they play recreation on some recreational leagues, but they're not playing travel ball in every league, you know? Mm. So they get exposed to other sports, but it, it's just so hard to say yes to everything. There's, That's right. There's nothing left. That's right. So, uh, so yeah, set boundaries with kids, you know, Sit down as you're raising your kids as a couple. Work together, as make decisions together Mm -hmm. as a couple. Um, You know, just because a husband, as I believe Scripture says, is the head of the home, Mm -hmm. is a spiritual leader in the home, and all those things, any man that has a brain in his head will understand Mm -hmm. his wife as his partner. And as I've lived in my marriage with my wife, I don't think there's anything of any consequence that I've ever tried to make a decision on that I wasn't consulting Mm -hmm. with my wife about that we can come mm-hmm. to uh, decisions together. I mean, the highest percentage of time in our relationship, we come to a mutual agreement of, hey, this is what we need to do. And I do believe there are rare occasions when after we talk about mm-hmm. it all, maybe somebody's got to step up and say, you know, we don't really know what to do. I believe, hey, the guy needs to step up and do that mm-hmm. and say, hey, if it goes good, it's it's good for all of us. If it goes bad, I'll take it. You know, I think that's part of it. Yeah. But you got to do decisions together.
0: Yeah, for some reason – Uh, and I understand this, I guess, to a point, but people have a tendency to avoid hard conversations. You know, they just don't, if there's an issue or a problem in their marriage or a problem with kids or whatever it is, financial issue, they just just don't want to talk about it. They just avoid it. And like I said earlier, it just, like the car that has a problem that you just avoid, you know, you just turn the radio up louder to drown out the noise. You're going to end up on the side of the road and your marriage is going to end up on the side of the road if you're not careful. So you have to have... These discussions of tense subjects, in the in the same way on the, I guess on the other side of the coin don't sweat the small stuff, boy. There's so many things. I, this is I'm talking to myself here because there are so many things that I have made such a big deal about that are very small things. Yeah, and I've had to learn. God has helped me to learn. You got to let go of this. You know, uh, maybe maybe you like things a certain way, or you're you know you, you ask for you, you needed a certain piece of clothing and didn't get washed in time or something like that. It's not a big deal. You know, it's not the end of the world.
1: Yeah. Pick your battles. Right. Right. I mean, it's like, don't sweat the small stuff. Life's too important. You got too much going on. Keep it moving. Uh, Be willing to give grace and mercy to your spouse because God knows Paul has given me tons of grace and mercy. I've just got to be willing to give it back. Don't. And you do that by not sweating the small stuff. Be
0: willing to jump in and take care of things and, and, Serve where you can, you right. know? That's it. Right. So uh, the other one is, uh, is say thank you. And this just goes to the point of uh, appreciating your spouse. Boy, it is so easy to take your spouse for granted. You live with them every day. You know, you're like, hey, I know this person. They know me. But you've got to learn to to vocalize your appreciation for them.
1: Yeah, I'm smiling right now because I just sent a, a little video I found, a stupid video I was watching. Sometimes I just watch stupid videos to, like, de-stress, sure. I Sure. And so there was this little kid He came out of his bedroom and uh, it's out there and he comes to his mom. He says, I'm so proud of you mom. Yeah. And, and and thanks her. And she said, well, what's going on? She said, you clean my room. (laughs) He said, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It was just hilarious to me. And so I sent it to like, to Paula and the kids. And I was like, I I just got a kick out of it. But you know, honestly, that little kid just very innocently was communicating to his mom Mm -hmm thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you. In his words, I'm proud of you. And so uh, I was kidding with Paul. I said, you know, the next time I come home and you've done a lot of work around the house, I'm just going to come on and say, I'm so proud proud of you. you. Thank you. And I was messing around, but really it is easy for our spouses to just go over and above and beyond for us. And we never even acknowledge it.
0: Well, how much doubt creeps in in their mind? Like, oh, am I a good mom? Am I a good dad? Am I a good husband? Am I a good wife? All Satan's, having a field day putting these doubts out there and we pick up on these things, vocalize to your spouse. Hey, I, I think you're a great wife. Yeah. You, you're doing a great job in this area. You're, you're a fantastic mother. Right. Boy, that just feels good to, to, to hear sometimes yeah. people need to hear that.
1: Yeah. Affirmation is very powerful, you know, encouragement. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's easy when we get busy raising kids, uh, cause there's always another thing to go to, you know, it's always another thing to do. But if we can remember to graciously live with our spouse and be willing Mm. to appreciate them and verbalize it, that'll go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. What's
0: the next one there?
1: Oh, what is the next one here? Uh, So this was one that said, find activities you can enjoy together. And it says sometimes couples enjoy the same thing. Other times you got to work at it. Mm. And so like for me and Paula, to be honest with you, we're, we're kind of there now we're trying to figure out, what are those things, because we're in this new stage for us, we're empty nesters. What's that thing we like to do together? Uh, and there are some things, but we're looking at that. We're actively saying, hey, what are some things we can do together? Because I'll be honest with you, it's easy for us now. Um, like take take um, the kind of movies. You know, we have different tastes in movies or shows on TV mm-hmm. and whatnot. I like documentaries. I listen to podcasts. I'm that guy. You know, I like action flicks. Paula's liking these other things. And so it's easy for us have dinner, talk some. It's easy for Paula to kind of like, hey, find her thing she's going to watch. And, man, I can go upstairs and watch something that I want to do. And doing that sometimes, there's no problem with that. That's good. But if you get in a rut of mm-hmm. always separating and never finding those commonalities, that's a bad thing. And so that's something even right now that we're we're working on that. We're looking at that and see we're not we don't desire to be separate in everything mm. we do. We need some commonality too.
0: Yeah. So. That's really good. Well, last one is just dream together about the future. Don't just get so wrapped up and talk about what is happening now. But talk about your hopes and your dreams. Listen, as you're, as you grow in your marriage, as you age, as you change, your hopes and dreams change as well. And I think, I think one of the things is we, we it's like we marry this person and we expect them to stay the same for their whole life. And that's just not how God has designed us. We change and grow because of our environment, because of children, because of just who what how God is working on our heart. So talk about those things with your spouse. Maybe your spouse has a has a hope or dream that they've never shared with you right. that you could encourage them in, and 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 you could work together on.
1: Right? Yeah. And sometimes it it could be something even like, you know, uh, this never happened with me and Paula, but we got married early. Uh, she was eighteen, I was twenty. Uh, we took off in life, and but I just, I mean, Paula was very Paula was very good in school, and uh, she was very intelligent. She ultimately did not go to college, but as we, our kids got older and things and they got down the road, I mean, I had a conversation with her. Hey, do you want to, do you want to go back? Do you have a desire to go back to college? It just didn't work out that Mm -hmm. way for us, but it may, for some people, it may be, Hey, maybe there's a season where they, some person, uh, your spouse really wants to go back, you know? Well, you got to talk about that, get a plan together to try to help Mm -hmm. that reality to become a true reality, whether it's education or maybe it's a job change, maybe, you know, when you're raising kids, you maybe you feel like you hey, we got to stay doing what we're doing, but as your kids get older, maybe there's some there's some uh, possibilities for a different kind of mm. a profession at that time or whatever. But you've got to talk about that in your future. Talk yeah. about things like uh, you know, retirement, you know, as it's coming, you know, what are things you're wanting to do early to get prepared for retirement. And to be honest with you, those conversations don't happen a lot when you're raising kids. It didn't for us. Right. We were just in the next, <laughs> we were putting the next fire out. We were doing the next thing with our kids. And you don't think about that. What What is that reality going to be like one day? Because I can promise you, you're going to turn around and you're going to be there. Yeah. Because it just seems like yesterday that we brought Nick home from the hospital. Yeah. And man, here we are now, 36 years later, and it's exciting though, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. we' are, I'm 56 Paul is like <laughs> and and so you know we're here now and we've got this life to live mm-hmm. and God's got a future for us, but you've got to talk about that. Yeah. You can't just not talk about your future. Mm, that's good. that's good.
0: Well, as we close here, I thought it would be good to kind of give what's like one piece of advice you would give to uh, different groups, different stages of parents? And when it comes to making marriage a priority, right? So what advice would you give to new parents when it comes to them keeping their marriage a priority? Because here's the reality. Like we talked about, you go from having no children, then all of a sudden you bring this little bundle of joy home, and they're the center of your universe at that point. They're literally the center of your universe. And when they're little, they're demanding. They require... So much time because they're up every couple hours feeding, you gotta change them, you gotta do this and that. And and it it it's a huge shift that a lot of new parents struggle to keep their marriage a priority.
1: Yeah, I, I I to think about this, I just think if you're a new parent, be willing to find new priorities, mm-hmm. to not just live like you were living before you had the kid and think that nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. And I don't wanna be, you know too stereotypical but I think guys have that problem more than the ladies do Mm -hmm. because I remember I had to walk through that I I had to reprioritize I was so used to using all my spare time on myself on my Mm interests. you've got to think differently because this child matters and it has a difference on your Mm -hmm. on your marriage and so you I would say be willing to find new priorities Mm -hmm. proper priorities in relationship to you having a kid. Yeah. I would probably say the biggest
0: thing is allow, uh, for growth and change in your partner because parenthood, uh, it, it, men and women. Uh, I see it a lot with women changes people and your partner can be somebody where you're like, okay, I married this person a couple years down the road. You start having kids and you're like, who is this new person? Mm-hmm. Well, God is changing them. They're bringing them into it. They're becoming a mother. They're becoming a father. They're they're growing into these new things. Give them some room to change, and and never stop kind of studying and learning and trying to get to know them as they as they grow.
1: Yeah, because the reality of it is, you're both changing. Right. I mean, you at least you need to, because of the new reality that you're dealing right. with now. So yeah.
0: Well, what about? uh, parents of school age children, maybe they got a couple kids that are in uh, elementary school age. Uh, what advice would you give them to keep their marriage a priority?
1: Well, uh, time management and quality of time with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the two time management, all those things that we've been talking about in this podcast, uh, choices that are made, not, not over committing, uh, just all of those things scheduling things important things making sure you get that time with your spouse mm-hmm. it's so easy to overlook when you got kids
0: yeah i would agree that's that's probably the biggest thing cuz we're we're in that stage coming out of that stage but i would agree there are there are so many things and listen don't don't buy the lie of the world that you have to do everything don't yeah. buy don't let the world make you feel guilty that you're a bad parent if your kids don't experience everything right you know right. and and get off facebook <laughs> yeah,
1: <right. laughs> quit seeing everything right. just remember facebook is the highlight clips of life no that's one right no one puts their low uh the low life clips on there right, right. Where, where the wheels fall off it's right. all it's always the highlights and then no one can compete with highlight reels you know so that's true you know we, we just just try you know just try not to be if, if you find that that's giving you a problem i would encourage you to get off of it mm-hmm. at least for a season um but Facebook can be good. Uh, we can be encouragers to others uh, as well with it. But I stopped watching the news. I stopped looking on Facebook. My, my life's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, right. Your life's not near as bad as you thought it was, right?
0: Uh, what about teens? What about parents of yeah. teenagers?
1: I think one of the biggest advantages you get as your children become teenagers and they're older, you can take advantage of your newfound freedom, mm-hmm. meaning you've raised your kids. Hopefully you've raised them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. They are able now, they're older, to stay home. Uh, by themselves for some periods of time. And that is a great time for you and your spouse to take advantage of your newfound freedom. Like those teenagers uh, are going to be okay for a couple hours that you can go out, you can go get some to eat, you can go do different things together. And that is a way that that's really just a really uh, a a grace of God, I think. Because I remember when Nick started driving, and he was driving or even before he started driving, when he was old enough to kind of stay home with the younger kids, we were able to go out and do things. And mm-hmm. that was, that was really something. And then as he started driving, he was able to take kids places. It just frees everything up and it's a real blessing. That's so. right. Yeah.
0: It makes it much easier to, to have that date time or to have those conversations right. or those things that may just be even, Hey, we're going to run to the store and walk around the store and get the groceries, but also, talk and hang out and, right. and grab a burger or something. I mean, it doesn't have to be complicated, but man, that, that we, we entered into this phase a couple of years ago and it is life-giving to be able to have a, a, a built-in babysitter yeah, it's at, great. Your, at your house. So yes. what about empty nesters? Now this is an area I don't, I'm not there yet. You're in, you're smack dab in the middle of this. So what would yeah. you give advice to empty nesters?
1: Well, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out, I think, but I think one of the main things is don't be lazy. Mm. Because I'll be honest with you, as an empty nester, it's easy to be lazy because I can get home from work, and it's me and Paula, and, like, we figure out what we're going to do for dinner, and it's easy because, to be honest with you... You don't have kids hanging on you and all that stuff. You don't have to to go anywhere. People aren't hanging on you. You don't have multiple people tearing your house up all the time, throwing their clothes everywhere, tracking muddy shoes through, all of that stuff, you know. So, I mean, for us, I mean... Paula has always just been great in the home. And so our house is our house is just pretty straight. Right, she right. keeps a good home. And so we come home, we clean our dishes after dinner. I mean, it's easy. I can go get in the recliner. I don't have to do anything. Right. And I can sit there and just do nothing or go to sleep or whatever. But I think don't be lazy. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I and I'm telling myself this right now. I'm talking to myself. So Paula, if you hear this. <laughs> I'm saying I'm trying not to be lazy. Don't worry, our wives don't listen. Right? We'll see. <laughs> but uh, I cannot be lazy, and I've got to prioritize my spouse. What I mean by that is I need to, if we don't have common interest, mm. I need to make sure that I am doing something to invest in that relationship. Yeah, that's so, good. Uh, you know, I, w- I would just say that. Don't be lazy and look to invest because you've got to continue to grow in your relationship. Mm-hmm. You're not done. Yeah. Just because your kids move out, I mean, we're not done. I mean I've got years to go. Right. And you know, I've got life to live and so you need to do that.
0: Yeah, wherever whatever stage you're in, it's not too late to, to prioritize your marriage. I would say though the earlier the better. Yes. If you're hearing this and you're you don't have kids or you have little kids, build these things
1: into your life now. That Brian that's such a good word, do not wait. I mean do, me and Paula we I feel like we invested in each other as we raised our kids. But to be quite honest with you, when they are truly gone, it is a different way of living. And so I can't imagine if we would have never tried to invest in one another, we may be a statistic like those statistics you yeah, see of, scary. of people who've been married 30, 40 years mm-hmm. choosing divorce mm-hmm. over investing in the relationship. And there's nothing that I can think of more sad than that. Yeah. So yeah, anyways, so. You know, don't be lazy and invest.
0: Well, good. Well, we hope we have given you some things to think about with your uh, marriage when it comes to parenting, and that you will. If once again, if you need your, you find yourself in an area of counseling, don't wait till you're in crisis. But if you are in crisis, wherever you're at, we'd love to help you with that. If you're in the Evansville area. We have certified biblical counselors. Uh, I would refer you to the ACBC website, the um, Association for Biblical
1: Association Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. There you go.
0: Thank you. Go to their website and you can search by uh, state and region if you want. If you need to find a counselor in your area, and uh, they can help you with a lot of these these issues.
1: Yep, Absolutely. absolutely. Don't be too proud to ignore situations that need to be dealt with. That's right. The best thing you can
0: ever do for your marriage. That's right. Prioritize your marriage. Well, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you, Pastor Allen, for coming on. Thank you, Pastor Brian. We'll see you next time.